I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. We uh, we are in the thick of it with spring is yes. kind of over, heading into summery stuff. Yeah. Um, have you gotten rain? Um, no, we're we're in like disaster zone, mm-hmm. trying to water everything that we can. I mean, we have a well, so I'm not paying for city water, which is like amazing. Yeah. But uh, it's I, we're supposed to get a little bit this week, I think. So we're hoping. Yeah. You? Yeah, we had storms that were rolling through, and they just kind of just spit at us as they passed. They didn't really give much of anything; it just knocked the <laughs> dust down. But yeah, we're the same. Like yeah. last year, our field irrigation we ran, I think, twice, and I'm running oh. it. Oh, constant. We had rain so much last year, and this year mm-hmm. it's just been. You know, with tiny little plugs, we've yes. been watering like multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah. Um, and then we got that heat. So, yes, every year is just so different. Like, I it's know. It's just – you just the, never – you never know. Our tunnels are like 100 degrees. <laughs> They're they are. so hot in there. So I think a, a lot of the priority has been on just keeping that stuff going. I mean, it's it's like picking your favorite child. You're just like <laughs> trying yeah. to rotate it around. I, I've been laughing because I could – I told Judd that I can spot where he is on the farm based on like the dust cloud behind his gator. (laughs) (laughs) One big dust cloud that follows him. It's just so dusty. I mean, it really is. It is bad. (laughs) Yeah. It has been really bad. Yes. And uh, we use city water. So I'm actually have on my list and it came up um, when I was at farmer's market Mm -hmm. to reapproach our, we have what's called Reno water. I'm going to approach the board because I get charged the sewer fee and the water for agriculture use does not pass through the sewer. So I should get a cheaper rate. Oh, yeah. Um, It would be some effort. We I approached at one point and was kind of shot down, was shot down, not kind mm-hmm. of. So I'm going to go after it again. Yeah. Um, and then I I do want to kind of approach it, look at getting a well. Yeah. We have a well. It's a shallow well. Currently, we have real high iron. So I think there's a lot of obstacles yeah. with it. But I, I really do need to, especially mm-hmm. in situations like this, to look at some other options because, I mean, you could have rain barrels and all that kind of stuff, but when you're not getting rain, yeah, what do you do? And I don't want to mess with the gutter systems that, you know, are on high Mm -hmm. tunnels and all of that stuff. So anyway, it's just, it's, it's, every year it's a different challenge Mm -hmm. of some sort. NRCS, NRCS might be able to help you get a well too. Okay. Something to explore with them because they do lots of different, different things. One time when they came out for one of the high tunnels, we were talking about other things like windbreaks and well was something that they mentioned that um, originally it was for like agriculture, animal um, use, like watering, mm-hmm. providing yeah. water to animals. Um, but I guess it's become a lot more lenient now on that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, been, it's worth it. a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had talked about um, having somebody from farm service mm-hmm. agency on the podcast. I, sh- I should reach back out to her because I think that's something that whether you're 
you know, been in agriculture for a long time or you're new to it, it's it's always helpful to hear what programs are out there from the state. Now, Farm Service is a state agency, NRCS is federal, but like that's great advice because mm-hmm. I'll reach out mm-hmm. to my contact and give a chat with him. But yeah, because um, think think about how much our business has changed once we once we got the grants for our high tunnels. Oh my I gosh! Mean, yep, really. It's like when you're when you're just starting out, and I know a lot of people who are listening, you know, to this are in that position. It's like you, you don't have the cash output. This like huge like ten thousand. It's probably even more now. When we got our first thirty by seventy two, it was like ten thousand, and that's installed. But it's I know it's changed, but it, I mean it's such a huge differentiator if you can get a tunnel and get some of those crops that need that little extra extra love mm-hmm. protection. Yeah. I remember when I um, got the call that I got my NRCS grant, the first one, yes. I was driving through Columbus and I was on the outer belt and it <laughs> came up NRCS and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're, you know, we got kind of excited, but it wasn't really even sure what he's going to say. And he, yeah. it was really late in the season. And they told me I would have known by then. And Dave said, Hey, Lindsay, it's Dave. And so I just want to tell you that like we got some extra funding and we're gonna be able yes. to fund that high tunnel. Yay. And I'm like crying, <laughs> driving, you know. I'm like, I feel like I won the lottery. That's what it feels yes, like. You know, it's like deal. somebody hands you 10 grand or whatever yes. it was. I think it was like 12 or something. Yes. And yeah, it just was it was really the boost that I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got it, I applied like very early on for it. And so that to me felt like a like a big hug, you know, yes. and gave me some incentive to keep going. So yeah. um yeah, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and keep, you know, find those resources with your local farm service yeah. um, or with they our they NRCS. Are they are. They're, That's their job. And in honestly, go ahead. No, um, they, they're they there to write the grant, to tell you what you're going to need to do. I mean, I think that everyone is like, well, I don't want to get involved with the government grant because it's just going to be so much red tape and so many hoops to jump for. And sometimes – through, I mean, sometimes there's a few, mm-hmm. but generally easy. Mm-hmm. They're there to help and um, give you a lot of guidance. Yeah. And one thing I learned with farm service is that if you are a farm or a business that operates as agriculture, register with farm service because it actually helps them. So the state then sees that they're managing more mm-hmm. farms and that there are they need to allow allocate resources to that county. Um, so it's really important to keep your farm active with farm service. And that's their, like you said, that's their mm-hmm. job. That's what they get more funding for doing that. It, then in return, it's more resources for us to use. And mm-hmm. they really, my our local FSA is great. I mean, they're always yeah. trying to reach out with, there's a new program that rolls out yes. that, would, that would apply for me. There, Yeah. So definitely use them mm-hmm. as a resource, but I should yeah. connect with Amanda again and yeah. see about getting her on here. Cause I think that would yeah. be a good, good, I mean, good our, chat. Our reps are our friends. Yeah. I mean, they're like people that we call if we have an issue or talk it through mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just, they're incredible. They really are. Yeah. And if you have, we, we heard this at the ASCFG conference mm-hmm. in Boston, but I remember somebody saying there was an NRCS guy up there. Do you remember then he was talking and saying that like they've heard that people will say like, oh, you're, there's no money for the high tunnel or don't yes. apply for the grant. That's just a lazy NRCS rep. rep. Go find yeah. somebody else. So <laughs> they will help you. Like mm-hmm. they are 
you're going to find, you know, it might be a bad egg here and there in your county. Yeah. And same with F- with FSA. If they're not helpful, go to another county and yes. say like, hey, I'm not getting help. Can you mm-hmm. – because I asked that question specifically to, you know, that, that kind of came up with another uh, friend, farming friend of ours locally. And I said, our county is great. And we have a neighboring county that didn't have the same – wasn't getting the same response. So mm-hmm. our FSA said, yeah, like we can help across county lines yeah. if you're not getting getting That's what you right. need. So yes. yeah, just ad- be an advocate for yourself. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. yeah. well, today, man, good one. we, this is a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> we, there's a lot of information out there on the internet, right? Like we can agree to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could Google one, just one simple thing, like how to prune roses Ugh. and you're going to get it. 15 yes. the way I'm gonna the way I would tell you would be the correct way but you would get 15 <laughs> different 15 different ways to do it and it's the same with with anything so there's a lot of information out there on how to run your farm what you should be growing how you mm. should be selling it what else we got we got no-till versus the yeah. till debate organic versus non-organic cooler. Mm. Plugs, yeah, plugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have a cooler. You should. Mm-hmm. You you can run without a cooler. You shouldn't have a whatever the cooler mm-hmm. debate. There's advice that you don't need to succession plant. I mean, do we need to? We're going to tackle that. Mm-hmm. So it's like drinking from a fire hose. I mean, it's you, Shannon. You say analysis paralysis, and it's like you really <laughs> oh, yeah. can get stuck, especially when you're new, or even. Yeah not new and trying to navigate an, a new part of your business. So um, it's a t- it's a topic that Shannon and I talk about a lot is, you know, yes, there is bad advice, um, mm-hmm. but mostly what we want to, uh, to talk about is how to sort through that. So we want to give you the tools to sort through the information on your own to make the mm-hmm. best decision for you and your farm. We got a question on our spill the dirt. So if you're new to the podcast, every Sunday on our Instagram, you can head over at Dirt on Flowers. Um, every Sunday, we put up a question box that is like kind of an ask us anything. And sometimes we theme it, sometimes mm-hmm. we don't. But somebody wrote in and said, Why is there such disparity in flower farming advice? And so that's what we're going to tackle today. Mm-hmm. We're just going to kind of go through it, go through a little bit of the advice and, and kind of give you some tools mm-hmm. on how to sort through that because it really is so it's- hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we first started, Lindsay and I, if you guys don't know, we met at an Ohio flower farmers group. And that was my main source of connection, information, other than the ASCFG. That was it. I mean, there was like a, some, a few books and stuff. But now, nine, eight, nine years later, the information out there is incredible and crippling mm-hmm. <laughs> all at the same time. It's so hard. And I mean, I even find it now. Like, I forget what I was, what was I searching the other day? Oh, you know, I love my companiola this year, but I was like, when do I need to harvest this? What is right? You know, so I was looking through, I eventually just went to my book, that Alan Armitage book and looked it up. I'm like, why, why am I Googling this? And sometimes you just have to find one source that you're just going to trust and like, you know, try to block out all the noise, which is very, very hard to do, but it's, it's tough. It is tough. And I still find myself doing it still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's, in a world that we live in that's just instant instant access to immediate information, yes, we have 
as a society, I believe, have lost the skill to ask questions, research on it. was like, somebody just tell me. Somebody just yeah. tell me the information. Which, I mean, we do that. You find a buddy and you're like. Yeah, you know, you're my I'm, buddy. I text for info. Yes. Yeah. Or I <laughs> FaceTime you on Sunday yes. during tulip season. Like, remind me again what I can dry store. It's just uh, – yeah, I mean, we're we're just hardwired for instant information. I feel like we have lost the ability to mm-hmm. pause and go like, okay, how do I find this information out myself? Yes, but instant gratification, man, it's a it's a thing. Amazon yeah. has ruined us. But it really has. It's, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I got on Amazon the other day. I was looking for something. I'm like, two days. I can't have it for two days. Like, yeah. I I recognized <laughs> it and I was like, you're a brat. <laughs> and you can wait a week if you needed to for this. So I put myself in check. But yes. So e- even with a lot of the debates with no-till, foam-free versus using um, organic versus non-organic, all of those are just very highly debatable topics. A lot just in- incredibly personal decisions about what you decide to do for reasons that you know are just your own. And now on top of that, you get smacked with a label like you're immoral or you don't care about the environment or just for doing it. And it's hard. That is, I mean, I, I even find myself if I'm doing something like, let's just say use foam because I do use foam for my wedding arches. I feel like I can barely even say it on Instagram. Like I don't, I don't say it at all because I don't want somebody, I just don't want to argue with anyone about it. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just trying to, yeah. I'm just trying to, to make, to make it easy. And you know yeah. what? That's one. I do a lot of good things. And if that's one thing that I do, you know, I I have to I have to weigh the good and the bad. And it's so yeah. hard. It's it's scary almost. There's a there's a shame element that mm-hmm. gets like pumped into it that I, I yes. resist with that. Like do I think we are conscious of the environment and we try, you of know, course. like single use plastics and all like yes. we try to do all the things and then you know, if you are using foam, for example, I mean, mm-hmm. it, we do too. There's mm-hmm. been situations where, so when I did full service wedding installations, I didn't, I used um, chicken wire. Mm-hmm. It was just the way I learned how to do it. So I used chicken wire, but there's also an argument of like, you're using chicken wire and plastic zip ties and sometimes water tubes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I you could argue yeah. both sides of that. When we switched to doing a la carte weddings, which is our, our pickup service, we still do arches for people. So we okay. pre-build them. So I build them in foam. Yeah. And I I don't put it out there either. And I no. I say it with this like I cower I know. when I'm like, I'm like, we do use foam and mm-hmm. like these people don't right. even know. Like what's they foam? Here. They think it's shaving cream yes. foam or something. <laughs> they don't even know. But <laughs> I think it's being I think what you said is is right. Just like there's, it's all very debatable, but it really goes back to personal preference. And some people that is like hundred percent, they've made their entire business mm-hmm. off of foam free or, you yes. know, their entire brand is, is sustainability. And if mm-hmm. those things are really important to you, like we're not, I'm not pushing you in yes. any other way. It's the same with no-till, right? you know, like the people get bitey about angry. using angry about angry. tractors. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> There is a point, there becomes a point. Joanne is a perfect example of this who Mm -hmm. had on Three Little Buds flowers. She does no-till method because 
it would be completely impractical for her to have equipment on her yeah. property, to have a tractor or anything like that. So no-till works for her great. And she's got that down to a science and it's a yeah. very efficient system for her. It would not work for me. Can you imagine and your farm without your tractor? No, I can't. That's to the yeah. scale that I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way our farm is set up. And sure. so, yeah, so it's just, we've said it on here before, but you just have to do what hits best for you mm-hmm. and your farm. Yeah. Whatever. And that's your like value system and morals. Yeah. And then and then not be afraid to put it out there. Yeah. I, I even fall into that all the time. Like why, yeah. why, why do I, I feel know. like I'm afraid the phone police is going to come at me? I don't even know why. If somebody would even say something, what would I say? I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm trying, trying to get this done and move on so I can be home with my family. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So mm-hmm. we yeah. feel like we have to defend ourselves, but we don't. If someone says something to you, you don't even have to say anything. I mean, why do yeah. – it's all in our heads. This is why so social hard. media <laughs> It's tough. It's tough. Brutal. There's a vulnerability yes. to putting yourself out there in any mm-hmm. capacity. I mean, I just sent an email this week, my weekly email, and I got <laughs> some feedback on something mm-hmm. that I said, and I have for 24 hours been in my head. Aww. I told you. I know you did. (laughs) I know. But it was like, at what point I was, it was so innocent, but Mm -hmm. you just, any post, like I even, I made a post one time and I, I I made a post and I, I had some verbiage like, Hey, grab your girlfriends and let's come out and, Mm -hmm. you know, grab your girlfriends and a ticket. We all say that. Yes. And, okay. and honestly, most mm-hmm. of my market, most of my demographic is female. Mm-hmm. And I was leaving for work early and I got a lot of backlash on it. And understandably, like I was not excluding or anything like that. No. But there's just a – there is a a level of vulnerability just putting yourself out there on the internet and feeling being okay that you're going to like say something that's going to mm-hmm. offend somebody. Yeah. Um, and I always come back to like what was my intention when I said that? Right. Like my intention was – not to be hurtful. Do I need to be like aware of the, what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I felt, it, you know, it does it does require a level of just sort of like the Brene Brown stepping into the arena mm-hmm. piece, right? Where you're just like, you got to keep putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's the same. It's what you just said about the phones, mm-hmm. like, and the bigger that you get, the more comfortable you get with your own farm. The more people are gonna say things mm-hmm. to you. And you just have mm-hmm. to accept that as part of owning your own business. That's yeah. we had a we had a testy Google review oh. about a situation that happened. And I was like I was completely devastated. But mm-hmm. turns out this lady also leaves leaves a lot of <laughs> testy Google reviews. Of course she does. So you know what? And it upset my it upset Rachel and which I hated. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, I know this is going to upset Rachel. And it did. And you know what? I'm like, you guys are just a bunch of keyboard warriors. And yep. um, we give so much grace to like McDonald's when we wait, don't get our order right. But the, the second yep. you don't get, you know, the thing that you're demanding, you're on Google giving me a one-star review. Man. So it, I know. It's tough. I mean, you just have it to be like, It is tough you know because what? we – 
we hang on to those and we ruminate on that. And I think here, this is what was interesting about my email thing. So I sent it on Friday. I went to a, went to a first Friday flower market mm-hmm. and I had a customer stop me. She like flagged me down. She was leaving. She was like, I wanted to see you today. I was hoping I would see you up here. And she's like, your email, it just spoke to my heart Aww. and um, how great it was. It was about grammar and my mm-hmm. like insecurities around writing. And I, I turned it into my workshop marketing email is how I mm-hmm. did that. And the somebody replied to me, gave me a correction. So the timing, <sighs> the timing of that email, I mean, it just, when I was opening up and being extremely mm-hmm. vulnerable with them and saying like, I have a lot of shame when I make a mm-hmm. mistake and I'm working through that and I put it out there. And then to respond to that email, I felt the timing was yes insensitive. And yes. she was calling me out on something that she found was insensitive. And, but that I thought, Lindsay, you are focusing and giving your energy to somebody else versus yeah. the two people. I had two people even write me and say how much that they appreciated that because they struggle with the same thing and they mm-hmm. feel insecure about putting themselves on social media and all of those things. It was like, why did we not latch onto the Google reviews, like the 100. hundreds of Google reviews that you have that are like raving? We look at the one, one star because you know that's what everybody's like looking like. Ooh, they got one star. What this woman have to say? I know. Let me guess. Her dentist did a shit job cleaning her teeth too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's tough. And I, you know, I, I had to remind myself and Rachel all week, every time we got a compliment, I'm like, look. Look at all the people who are love what we're doing. And mm. you know what? See you later, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> they that do may hang or on may to not it. Be her real name. <laughs> I got trolled one time on uh, with my grammar by a lady on Facebook. She went through all of my Facebook posts and commented the grammar corrections in the post. I still what? she had a Snoopy Facebook Facebook profile <laughs> picture. Of course. Snoopy. I still remember it, like laying on the I don't even remember her name. I just remember the profile picture. I'm like, a lot of keyboard warriors out there. I know. Now with that, I think I would laugh and I would just reply like, (laughs) I ain't real sure what I was supposed to do. You know, something really tacky. (laughs) Gosh. Anyway. Yes. So there's so much out there. I know. (laughs) And it's so hard. And I think if if you all take anything from this podcast today, it'd be really what we want to do is give you the tools to sort through all this and then start feeling comfortable making the best decisions for you. Yes. People, even us, we're going to share what works for us and that might not be the best thing for you. So it's an, another big thing is the buying plugs versus starting your own. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked to Becky at Rooted Flowers. We did an extra for the insiders on this about like a financial breakdown about what that actually looks like. So that's like, facts versus feelings on things too. And what the inputs that one person might have for starting their own seeds might be completely different than somebody else. So if someone's saying, hey, it's cheaper for me to buy plugs, maybe it is. You have to look at what you're doing. And it's, it's so hard to do that sometimes to like really sit down and try to decide what's best for you. But you know, when is it the right time to buy plugs? I know I shared this in the last in I think in the last podcast, but in this fall for our fall, that was the insiders. Stuff. Oh, yeah, it was insiders. Okay. Right? Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. So in the I had shared that I'm going to be buying some plugs this fall for my spring planted stuff because every year I have the best of intentions to do it, and then we get busy. It's dahlia season. It everything's late. 
I'm trying to keep the greenhouse going. It's tough. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I need those crops to happen now. I need to know that they're going to be here. And so now I'm making the choice to buy plugs. And for me, that's the financial, that's the financially right thing because I'm going to have them versus not having them. So it's just so important for you to look at the cost analysis for you and everyone's different. I have a family, a farm, I have all these employees. I, I We just don't have the bandwidth. And, and that is, that is the truth. So it's just, it's just different for everybody. Mm-hmm. The plugs versus starting your own from seed. Mm-hmm. I think there is you're talking about the numbers and i always say numbers don't lie but you also have to take in what you're saying is your life factor yes. right like for you you mm-hmm. know that's going to be you could grow the plugs cheaper that's mm-hmm. the reality than versus mm-hmm. buying and i think if you see something that comes up and you're like that seems like that doesn't add up you know or you get advice true. it's too good to be true yeah yeah dig into the numbers look mm-hmm. at it See for yourself, do the math, take the seed, your time, all of that, and calculate it out, which is what Becky did with us on the Insiders. Mm-hmm. And that was a great way for us to see, because I had never done that mm-hmm. that specific of a, of a breakdown. And it was really, it was great to see like the light calculations if you're growing inside, the soil, yes. the your amount of time it takes you to water that tray. So if you're looking at it from just one angle, which is the cost analysis, then you know, I would say growing versus buying. Mm -hmm. But when you factor in time, your family, and you say like, hey, I actually just need to have this done. Like maybe you're a teacher and you're starting back to school in the fall and you just Mm -hmm. don't have the time to get all that stuff growing. And and then you know you want the annuals in the spring. Maybe that's a great decision for you to Mm -hmm. buy. But again, it's just making sure you slow down because I can't tell you that. Like Mm -hmm. if you came to me and said, should I like, what do you think? Should I buy plugs or start my own? You know, it's like, you have to start picking at it. It's like, I can't answer that for you. I don't know. Like we grow ours Mm -hmm. because we have the system. We have it down. We've figured it out, but I don't have children. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we just have it worked into that's how we do it. And that works for our particular farm, but there may be a season or a time that I choose to not do it um, and and order in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Even I know a lot of people who are listening to this are new. So maybe you don't have the confidence that you're going to do all yeah. of your seed starting the right way and there's going to be a learning curve. So maybe you do need to buy in some plugs and while you're learning to grow these things and maybe that's mm-hmm. an offset for you. And then once you start getting better, then you start looking at the profit you know, of, of these two yep. things and you're saying, okay, I'm starting to feel more confident. I'm going to start weighing, I'm going to start weighing this and I'm going to buy less plugs because I feel more confident that I can grow more. The The plugs are out there to be a resource to you and yeah. there's no shame in buying them. I mean, I would even, again, the shame thing keeps coming up, but for a long time I had to, I felt like so weird to say that we buy plugs in. I'm like, why? Why is that hard? And really it's just the Lizzie at this point, you know, up until this mm-hmm. point, but I'm like, why is it? Why do I feel like I can't say it's like I'm less a farmer, I'm less a grower yeah. if I'm buying a very small percentage of my pl- – it's all in my own head. Yeah. And it's just hard. How many ways you can kill a Lizzie Anthus plug in oh. 16 weeks, man? <laughs> I don't have it in me. 
I know. Four weeks and you're out. Four weeks. That's what you get. Maybe five if you're going a little bit slow. Yes. But yeah, that's if you don't have the space either, that's mm-hmm. another thing. It can yes. be like in spring, like you hit max capacity and you know, like mm-hmm. I can't grow these or the timing of early stuff and you get your first, you know, succession of stuff in through plugs. Yeah. There's a there's a ton of different ways that this could work for you. But again, we're going back yeah. to the theme of for you. you know? Yes. Um, yeah. For you. Yeah. That's right. So asking mm-hmm. those questions. Yes. So you know, I honestly think we could do an entire episode just on the worst advice out yes. there. That would be fun. There's we a lot. Double, there's a lot of really <laughs> not good advice. We could we could couple that with our uh, social media. Oh, <laughs> we yes. have we've been we I've been teasing out this social media, but one where we just have like a couple cocktails, like a cocktail hour, and then we rant about social bring, media and all the really crappy advice out there. Yeah. <laughs> We have to make that happen. I don't know how, but we'll we'll figure it. We'll figure it out. So um, I have to ask, Lens, what is your summer drink now that we're into summertime? Are you still drinking your Long Islands? Or no, <laughs> no, I really Long Island was. I know. Back in Long the day. Island Lindsay was in college. Okay, I have matured to Jim Beam and Coke now. That's pretty much my standard. Although I do love a good IPA. So oh, yeah. Jim Beam honey, Jim Beam mm. honey and Coke. That's okay. mine. You okay. still on the Fireball? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, that's more of a wintertime drink. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think- Generally, I'm, you know, if I'm hanging by the pool or whatever, it's either like something easy, like summer shandy or like a blue moon or some yeah. like local beer or whatever. But yeah, generally, yeah, I think we're the same on that. But honestly, I'm winding down. I can barely even drink a beer anymore. I'm like, whew, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's all making me very sleepy. Oh, it does. Me too. It does. It does me too. Okay, like before when you're in college, you'd have them and you're like, <laughs> ramps you up. You know, you're like, let's go out on the town. Now I'm like, I need my PJs. <laughs> okay, I, di- I I'm digressing with a tiny story, but because my friends still bring it up, I think it was last year. It might have been the year before that. I, Jen and I worked a market all day. I was up early making. I was up at like two a.m. making the bouquet. So don't don't, don't ever do that. But I was just in survival mode that particular weekend for whatever reason. And we were up all day, and we were supposed to have friends over for a pool party that night. And of course, I'm a hot mess. I'm blazing home from the market, <laughs> rage cleaning, rage everything. I, I was in a rage. <laughs> Everybody gets here and I put my nice face on. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to have fun. We're fine. Judd and I are back to speaking now because <laughs> I've put all my rage out. Um, and they, everyone, it's like probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And they're like, let's, you know, get in the hot tub or whatever. I'm like, oh, God, don't you just want to go home? Like, go yeah. home. But no, they wanted to get in the hot tub. I literally fell asleep in the hot tub. <laughs> Sitting up. I was literally like, over. <laughs> I fell asleep. I, sure I was just so relaxed. And they still talk about it. They're like, remember, are you going to fall asleep tonight? <laughs> like, listen, I was so exhausted. And then I was drinking on both of them. So I wasn't like passed out. I would think it was just complete exhaustion. But yeah, just had a to be bit of alcohol in the summer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. it was bad. You know, it was bad. Oh my gosh. Okay. So worst, worst advice. Worst advice. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I have been, yeah. So I was, I consulted with somebody, not Michelle. 
we said we consulted with Michelle. I don't know anybody <laughs> yeah. think it was Michelle. I had hired a consultant at one point and just some I, I do it every year. I reach out with some, you know, I connect with somebody to learn about my business because it's like working with a therapist because mm-hmm. they see things that you don't see, like you're blind to, right? You're kind of your blind spot or they'll ask a question that's thought provoking and you're like, oh, I never thought to look at something that way. And so I I was given advice to cut out all weddings, refund the deposits for the weddings that I had already committed Mm -hmm. to and close my UPIC. And I, because there's no money in agritourism is what was told. (laughs) And without going into all of this, Mm -hmm. I took it in and I was really pushed hard. I mean, strong personality. Mm -hmm. And I was pushed hard on it. And I had to run it through, like this is how I sorted through it. I went through and looking at it from like my personal, like what it is that we we talk about, what lights you up and what Mm -hmm. drains you on your farm, what takes your energy, what robs you. And I could recognize that full service weddings was robbing me of energy. I felt resentful when I was done doing them, the demands that came with it. I was, it really wasn't, it didn't align with me. But I also, once I've committed to something, I am not going to say no. Like there was no way for my own personal values that I was going to refund a deposit for a full service wedding that I had already committed to for the next year. And so I had just decided like, I'm going to see that through. I did make the decision to switch from full service to pick up weddings, not cut out all weddings as what was recommended. And the part that wasn't working for me was, again, that commitment to the full service setup on Saturdays. And also, I was looking at my numbers. And I said earlier that the numbers don't lie, but I was looking at my expenses for the weddings. And I was buying in a lot of product. And Mm -hmm. I thought, how can I still do weddings? Because I love creating them. I love doing the bridal bouquets. They're fun. The details of it, like I I like that piece. The other side that I didn't love was coordinating with the brides. I love talking to them. That sounds terrible because I have great brides. But like I – looking at Pinterest board is not – that's not what I'm hardwired to do. It's not what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And so I – a girl, Emily, that works for me who also edits this sweet podcast, Mm -hmm. she took it over for me and she manages the brides and the phone calls. I – we have – you know, I think we have 35 weddings this year. That's a lot of emails. That's a lot of contacts of things that like it I needed to be pulled out of. Mm -hmm. So now I do the creation side and I get to do all of that and create something beautiful. And I know that they're getting probably a better customer service experience with Emily than they they would have with me. And they're Mm -hmm. completely fine with it. Mm -hmm. And she does all of the proposal coordination. And now I don't even check her stuff anymore. It's great. If she has a question, she pulls me into it. But the other advice was to close my UPIC because there was no money in agritourism. And so I had to just- This is the same consult, the same person? Same, same person. Oh, yeah. I was God. looking to, the, the the overall arching theme was to reduce the number of enterprises that I have, like so, mm-hmm. have like one way for somebody to buy from me or two ways, you know? And there is some I think there's some solid advice in in simplifying your offerings. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. And so but it was just really off the cuff and and I think what if I hadn't questioned right. that? Like that my agritourism is my highest profit margin and my mm-hmm. wedding but weddings and agritourism are my two highest mm-hmm. profit margins. And 
workshops to me are part of my agritourism component. Mm -hmm. Um, But the closing my UPIC, it's like, that's how people get to visit our farm. It's how people are sharing. To me, it was like such poor advice. But I guess I'm... What I would tell you is like if you get advice that just seems like, well, that doesn't really seem to fit for me, run it through your personal values and look at the numbers on it. And then if that upset that person, which I think it did, that I chose to do something different, then it's I'm the one running the business. Yes. You know? It's yours at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 What's your like worst advice? I mean, I get a lot of bad advice. I still do. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Like it's unsolicited and yeah. a lot of times it's from people who don't do what we do, mm-hmm. which is hard. It's from sometimes it's from customers. Well, okay, it's twofold. So when I first got started, there is the way to grow things in your garden versus the way to have a commercial production farm that is focused on profit and profitability. Those are two completely different things. Yeah. And so when all the home gardeners out there want to give you all the advice. I really, really encourage you to try to find a source of information that is not from people who are doing it for funsies or love growing flowers in their backyards or um, in their garden beds, you know, in their landscape beds. That That's not what we're doing. So I had to sort through a lot of that at first. Well, why don't you just do daylilies and stuff like that. Do only grow perennials because that's – is there room for perennials in what we do? 100%. Some of the most beautiful things we grow are perennials. Mm-hmm. But it can't be all based on that. And that that's the truth, at least for our farm. So you have to wade through so much advice and need to figure out because they're not thinking – and it's not malicious. They mm-hmm. just love giving their opinion first of all. And you really have to sort through that. And I think the the other thing that was really hard is when, and I just did a post about our flower stand or a reel on the Dirt on Flowers page about our flower stand. But when we first started uh, thinking about doing the flower stand, everybody told us that it would never work. People are going to steal. People are going to be dishonest. You're going to waste your time. How are you going to keep them cold down there? They're just going to get hot and no one's going to buy them. How are they going to find you? This doesn't make sense. How would you keep it stocked? How much money do you really like want to make from this when we were putting money into making it, which was really low cost, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, we had like a lot of it was extra wood that we had. And we still have the same stand seven years later. Haven't changed a single thing about it. So what we needed personally was an opportunity to sell flowers from our house because it was impossible at that time with three kids under three to leave the house. Not that nobody wanted to watch our kids, but you know, when you have three yeah. under three, <laughs> it gets yeah. like slim pickings. Who wants to sign up to be that for us? It's our, it's our normal. And it was completely fine to be managing all of that. Mm-hmm. So we said, what should we do? Should we do it? Should we not do it? I'm like, well, let's just try it. We, we Let's make it cheap and easy down there. And just see what happens. And I shared on the reel, but when we first started, we're like, if we make 200 bucks a weekend, that's what we were making at our farmer's market because our farmer's markets are not that great around here. What if we make $200? That would be anything. It would be something. We would have a place Mm -hmm. to just put the extras or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then now it's grown to this $2,500 to $3,000 a week flower stand down there. And we haven't changed it. The only thing we've done is put some new paint on it. Mm-hmm. And it works. 
and people love it and they're tagging us in their Instagram stories in front of it and it's so simple and easy. And I'm like, what if I would have listened to all of that? And the truth yeah. is, I know I had somebody comment and it honestly, my heart like hurts a little bit, but they're like, I tried this and theft was such a huge issue for me. And I tried to put a camera on it, you know, all, I wish I could do it, but I just don't think I can. And I really do feel for people who are like in that situation. For me, it works. I really think we have had very little theft mm-hmm. if any had to track what goes down there. And we've just never had to deal with that. So I'm lucky that that's the case for us. Generally, I think people want to do the right thing. They like coming and putting their money in the box as they're supposed to mm-hmm. and doing the right thing when no one's looking. That's part, I think, yeah. of like our human nature is wanting to do good that way. Yeah. And we try to make it an experience, a little bit more of an experience so that people want to come. And it has just turned into the most beautiful and easy income source on our farm. And I love it. I can't even imagine the farm without it. And if I would have listened where I would have missed out on all that income, all that connection, people love connecting with us when we head down to the flower stand to fill fill it up. It's really just the coolest thing, but there's a lot of naysayers at the beginning. I mean, people who thought we were legit crazy for this flower stand and for the farm. (laughs) That goes twofold. Yeah. Hard. I think people get we've had our honor system people mm-hmm. have said to us like man you are you are brave to have like it yes. as an honor stand up and I think you're right I think I haven't really thought about it from the people who just want to do good when nobody's mm-hmm. looking and I've said before I'm like if somebody steals flowers from me I they need those damn flowers more than <laughs> I needed it. their cash <laughs> like yes your heart needs some you need some mm-hmm green or, you know, beautiful in your life. And oh my gosh. So trusting yourself and knowing what works for you. It's like you got laser focused on the flower Mm -hmm. stand and knew that it was going to work and same with our U-Pick and trusting yourself to know what works for you. And I said Mm -hmm. this once, I said it on the podcast and I've thought about it since I've said it. I said, there's no way that you can make money growing single stem sunflowers, like planting them in flats and transplanting them out. I said Mm -hmm. that. What I should have said was, I can't make money, Mm -hmm. not you. I I took it to, there's no way that you can make money. And the truth is, there might be somebody that's making money on single stem sunflowers, planting them in flats and transplanting them out. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get eaten by birds or they don't have a workaround for it. Or, you know, I whatever. I just, I've gone back to that a few times because I, I don't ever want to come from a place of like, I'm telling you, you can't make money doing that, mm-hmm. you know, versus just knowing that like, I can't with the volume that we grow. Like yeah. that wouldn't be, single stem would not be sustainable for us to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Another takeaway I think would be that to really trust in your numbers and try to get really good at at looking at your numbers, like trying not to screw them up. I mean, when you're looking at your your data, you want it, you want to know that it's right. And so part of running the business is, and we say this all the time, it's 50% growing, 50% business. Sometimes that percentage is even a little out of whack. But mm-hmm. when you are running a business, you have to look at your numbers. You have to look at your data. Otherwise, you're making all these decisions with your head in the sand. It has to happen. You can't not do it. It's it's to me, it's non-negotiable if you want to make money at this. 
So try not to overwhelm yourself by looking at every single flower. I think that's what happens. We talk about like analysis paralysis, like, well, how am I going to do this? It's so complex. I'm making mixed bouquets. Okay, all that. Put all of that aside and pick one flower to look at and just start tracking your time. How many times do you touch it? What are the inputs? And just tracking some of that and just start one flower at a time, one business enterprise at a time, Mm -hmm. and just really start looking at what's working for you in your pocketbook and in your heart. Those things have mm-hmm. to come together or else yep. none of it's going to work. And, and that's just yeah. the truth. It, it's – Yeah. I think too, the other, another takeaway with this is just making decisions that support you for the long haul of your business. Like mm-hmm. you personally, like your business and you are the same, that's the same entity. You know, we've yep. talked about it from a tax standpoint. You know, I'm a single member <laughs> yeah. LLC, Lindsay's checking and Wildroot checking. It's all the same really when it comes down to it. So it's like for me cutting out full service weddings – I was honestly, I was really scared at the idea of cutting out that top line revenue. I'm mm-hmm. when I would see, you know, four thousand dollar wedding, you're like, I'm giving that up for a couple DIY buckets. But by yeah. doing so, when I did cut that out, it did increase my bottom line because I cut out a lot of expenses that were associated with it, a lot of time, and it gave me more free time on the weekends. And that ultimately giving me more time. It re-energized me. It made a made me better with my business. I mean, look at Kaylin. I mean, she runs her she her entire her entire living is off of running events, and she's wildly successful at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's we're two polar we're two opposites in this way. Like she has an entire business off of full service weddings, and is makes bank at it, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. you know, because of the way my business was set up. But I really think that if that's what I wanted to do and that was my focus, I would have figured that out. But the, there was that piece within me that it wasn't working. So yeah. it needed to go for me. So yeah, just taking into that piece where you're, you know, you talked about grocery accounts before where mm-hmm. you guys wanted to move away from like weekend work yes. because of your family and the kids are getting older. And it's like that changes, you know, mm-hmm. for each person. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about looking at all your data, Um, I know I was just talking about that a little bit, but just reminding you that all of this, the business side, it takes work and it takes a lot of investment in yourself. And that's one thing that Lindsay and I have always agreed on, we've always done. We do invest in consulting with different people, all different kinds of people, as we're trying to figure out the way that our farms are moving, what we want our futures to be. I'm always looking for someone who's at that next level. I was just talking uh, talking to Lindsay before this, but um, we're consulting with a, a bigger agritourism farm. And not because I know that that's the path, but that's because I think it might be one of them. And I just mm-hmm. want to explore what that looks like. And it's just gathering all this information to make these big decisions because Judd and I are doing this for life. This is our thing. We are going to do this. So it's like, for me, I'm, we, we need to gather all the right information so that we can make all of these decisions with the information that we've learned. And for me, investing in the experts in that scenario or someone who's at that next step for me is a huge shortcut. And it's going to give me all this information that I would have learned the hard way. And you know what the, learning the hard way is? It's money. It's Mm -hmm. mistakes, it's grief, it's all of it. And sometimes just having a lot of that information up front is so incredibly important. So it's consulting, it's masterminds, memberships, doing a lot of research, taking your off season to really dive in. Um, No one can give you all the answers, but someone to 
um, help be your guidestone in a lot of that stuff is is incredibly important. And it's it's fun to mix it up because everyone does it different. That's the that's the beauty and the horror of <laughs> of farming is that everyone's going to do it different. And at the end of the day, the number one goal is not to follow one person, but is yeah. to pull information from all these different people and then make it your own and then learn how that can apply to you. So a lot of times we're always looking for one one person who's going to tell us all the answers. Even for us, like we don't want you to think that we, and we try not to, to tell you all the answers. That's not what we do. We're trying to just give you all the information to make the best decisions for you. Mm-hmm. So we do have to put work and sometimes money into some of those shortcuts. And it's just, it's so important in, mm-hmm. in, in, in your growth, business and personal. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing we're going to leave you with, last thing I'm going to say is don't compare yourself to other businesses, other people. We've said that this so many times on here, but I mean, I personally, I could hear this advice daily sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm like tired or hungry, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, hot, lonely. I don't know. It's just human nature, but social media, I think, makes it feel pretty impossible these days, Mm -hmm. especially in spring. Like right now, you're in that transition month. You're trying to get your annuals, summer annuals in the ground. But the just remember that the words that we're saying to ourselves are what drive our thoughts. So your thoughts create your reality. And I think I've said that on here before, but if you're telling yourself that you're behind and you're never going to get caught up, it's going to just perpetuate that. It's going to make you feel more anxious, less yeah. settled. You're going to feel miserable. And I have I found myself doing that this spring and I have really, really made a conscious effort because it's just like, it's so easy to just be like, I'm so behind. I'm like, we're never going to get mm-hmm. caught up. And it's usually when I'm tired, it's, yeah. you know, hungry, all of those things. But rephrasing it to, I'm not behind. I'm exactly where we're supposed to be. Every season is different, you know, and you're learning. And mm-hmm. the reality is those thoughts are going to calm your anxiety and just who cares? You know, yeah. you could be looking at somebody that is in, Northern Michigan, and you're like, they have ranunculus right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do they still have ranunculus? You know, you could be having that thought. It's like, well, they're in a totally different zone. They have yeah. them much later in the season, or maybe it's the Northeast where they're, you know, they're cold and they're still, you know, they still have those ranunculus. So just not comparing yourself and not, you know, using social media or any of those things as a whipping tool to, yeah. to kind yeah. of keep you on, keep you on track. So mm-hmm. the secret is, is that we're all struggling. <laughs> Oh, with yeah. different I just bought a water bottle ways. that says struggle is real. That's what is my <laughs> latest water bottle purchase. <laughs> it is. It's fact. I'm not going to hide it. That's funny. I yeah, yeah, we all are with different things. And yep. guess what? I have some news for you. The struggle this year is going to be completely different <laughs> than the struggle next year, which is so infuriating. But yeah. <laughs> but that's part of it. It yeah. really is. Oh, I know. I hope that helps. I think it, I think it, I hope it does. I think it will. Mm -hmm. I think it will. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us this week. Your investment in our journey is what keeps us fueled. We honestly have the best group of dirtbags around. So we really do love hearing from you over at our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. If you haven't followed us over there, please do drop us a comment message. Let us know what you want to hear more of your input. 
is what gives us all these episode ideas. And it's awesome. We really do love hearing from you. And the biggest compliment to us is if you tag an Instagram farmer friend, share our podcast where you want to get in as many earbuds as possible as we're trying to grow this tiny and mighty audience of pretty tough, tough nuts trying to figure it all out. So, okay, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Bye.